0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the American Sheep Industry Association's research update. I'm your host, Jake Thorne. Now, one of our main goals with this podcast is to serve as the intermediary between research that is being conducted across the country and producers and sheep enthusiasts who can put that knowledge to work. Now, we try to make these as timely as possible, and for some topics that is easier than others. And if you raise to- if you raise sheep, our topic today absolutely pertains to you, but for some This is an event that you just finished in the last few months and for others it still might be on the horizon. We'll be talking today about weaning management and the strategies that go into selecting the right time to separate lambs and ewes and when it is advantageous from an animal health perspective as well as beneficial to the bottom line of your business. Now to provide insight on this we are lucky to have Dr. Bruce Shanks from Lincoln University in Missouri. Dr. Shanks thanks very much for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. Now you have a lot going on. Uh, not only are you still in a faculty position, uh, but you run an extensive multi-species operation there at home. Uh, before we get going, would you mind telling our listeners a little bit more about your background and how you came to be in the position you're currently at? Sure, Jake. Uh, I, I was raised in southeast Missouri.
1: Uh, had a few cattle and sheep and goats and then uh, did an animal science degree at Missouri State University. Uh, from then, I uh, got a master's degree from Montana State. And while I was there, I managed the, the Fort Ellis Research Station, uh, that, which is the headquarters for, for uh, some of their range sheep work in the state. So that was a, a good experience, kind of gave me a flavor for, for uh, you know, the western side of sheep production. Uh, worked on a PhD at South Dakota State University and, and uh, raised sheep with my family there on a small farm while we were in grad school and used to help uh, Dr. Jeff Held. He was a state uh, recently retired state sheep specialist and we'd help him with his chores and, and uh, spent some time at Pipestone while I was there. So kind of gave me a, a taste for that side of uh, sheep production as well. Uh, Today, my family and I uh, own and reside on Sassafras Valley Ranch uh, in Bell, Missouri, uh, right here in central Missouri. Uh, We raise livestock under a a, a managed intensive grazing system. We've got 600 owned acres and another 1,200 or so that we lease. Um, Registered South Pole cattle are actually our centerpiece, Jake, but um, we very much appreciate uh, how sheep and goats complement Complement our our main enterprises. So we've got a flock of of two hundred uh, commercial Katahdin hair sheep, and of course, you know those have kind of dominated uh, this part of the part of the country. Um, the hair sheep have become so popular, and we also uh, raise a few a few goats as well. Um, as you mentioned, I I, I still have a part time role as a associate professor at Lincoln University, and. Uh, uh, prior to that, and I'm just part-time now, but prior to that, I spent 10 years there oh, teaching sheep and goat class, among others, and and doing some uh, research with sheep and goats, including a little bit of weaning research that we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so um, uh, we, we still are involved quite a bit in research, too. Uh, we do some trials for about four different companies here on my farm. And uh, we also supply sheep, sheep and goats uh, to a couple other research companies and so kind of stay involved uh, that way. So Jake, uh, kind of a, a varied background, got a little experience out west and, and in the Dakota area, and, and uh, but I'm a Missourian uh, born and bred and, and <laughs> so kind of back here running sheep now too.
0: Well, that's great. And, and I'm really interested to hear your perspective Uh, because of your experience with cattle and goats as well as sheep and how, you know, specifically from a weaning standpoint, how maybe those species differ. So I'll I'll be interested to hear what you have to say on on some of these questions as we get going through here. Sure. So uh, we'll go ahead and and get started. Um, You know, often sheep producers, you know, we jump right into management planning and maybe don't necessarily think about things from the viewpoint of the animal. You know, how important is it to consider the mental aspect of the mothers and their offspring when considering the stresses of weaning um, or how to avoid maybe that stress?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think obviously weaning can be stressfully, stressful uh, mentally uh, for both the ewe and the lambs and, you know, we've got this maternal separation, we've got social disruption, and they're pretty profound at that time, or can be. Uh, we've got hormones being involved in the stress response. We've got a lot of vocalization, and but you know, if really that makes sense if we back up a minute and and study and think about that that strong mental bond uh, between you and lambs. Uh, you know that relationship, if you will, is pretty remarkable. Uh, I'm sure at some point uh, every shepherd has marvelled at the ability of a ewe to Recognize and, and allow only her lamb or lambs to nurse, uh, right? And uh, yeah. and likewise, I've I've often appreciated uh, how lambs know which you to run to. You know, when I walk out into a pasture, and so you know, those lambs are really learning from their mothers. Um, if we're in a pasture situation, they're you know, moms showing them what to eat and maybe what to avoid and where the water's at or where the best shade trees at, whatever. And so, um, uh, given all this, it's it's only natural that that any disruption or break in that bond has the potential to be stressful. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, but but there's some things that are happening to lessen this. I think Um, first off, uh, milk or the or the nursing event really defines that closeness of the mother lamb bond. Uh, As that milk supply is decreasing over time. That closeness also diminishes, and, and 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 we recognize that. As you know, that lamb's going to move further off for longer periods of time, right? Playing with his buddies, becoming more inde uh, more independent, um, uh, and becoming more dependent on other food resources besides milk. If 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 allowed to continue, it even goes to the point where the ewe doesn't care much about it at all, and and to the point of aggravation, if. If uh, if her lamb's uh, uh, nursing, and so um, so obviously the later we wean, and I'm I'm personally a, a, a little bit of an advocate of that for those reasons I just discussed, but the, the longer we wait, the more natural it probably is, and 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 the less stressful uh, to the ewe and lamb. Right. Um, but in those early wean situations that we're going to talk about. I think some of that stress can certainly be alleviated with with some excellent pre-weaning nutrition. and I think that you know making sure those lambs are eating feed and so they do have a replacement for that mother's milk that that is a kind of a natural uh, uh, tie to that, that that strong bond. And so uh, at, at any rate, if we're weaning earlier or later, you know minimizing that stress at weaning and, in, and easing that transition are going to be important goals. And um, and we do know there's that mental aspect of it all. And so we want to work to make, you know, one change at a time. Maybe health practices and tagging and that sort of thing, even though it's easy, maybe should be done pre-weaning. Um, and at weaning, maybe maybe we can try to leave the lambs uh, where they're at and, and maybe move move the ewes where, where those lambs know uh, where water's at and are familiar with their surroundings. So uh, I do think we have to consider that that mental part of this.
0: Sure, and and I think you know we're going to get into uh, early versus late weaning here in just a second. But you know we we're all while we're on the topic of stress, what are we concerned with if the stress is too great? How is that maybe going to affect the animal, either lamb or you, um, this health wise?
1: Right, and so uh, there again, since since weaning is stressful, uh, especially. Um, uh, we, we do have to be concerned about that, and we often think about, you know, the obvious thing is the stress on those lambs and, and, uh, you know, and, and, and ensuring that, that, uh, their environment is, is right and clean and, and, uh, making sure that we don't have some significant health, health issues in those lambs, coxidia and those sort of things. And, and at the same time, we, you know, we've got this, we'll talk about some issues in the U too, uh, Concerns over mastitis and, and time to recover body condition and, 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 and those sort of things that are really going to ultimately drive animal health.
0: Sure. Okay. Uh, so, you know, you alluded to it, but here in the U.S., you know, sheep and goats are both raised in very, very diverse management styles. Uh, and, you know, some animals are weaned as early as 30 to 40 days. Some might go almost a year. Uh, so I'd like to kind of get your thoughts on and the pros and cons of early versus or versus late weaning uh, but before we get to that you know what is a traditional time uh, let's say let's stick with sheep for just right now what is a traditional time for sheep producers to wean yeah
1: and 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 uh, I'll back up just a second on that but you're right. The, the the weaning age does vary greatly. And, and I've seen that in my travels and my experiences. And, and I don't think there's anything that's best. We just have to look at some factors. And, you know, I think if we, however, if we, if we look at the industry as a whole, I think traditionally we think about that three to four months as, as kind of being traditional.
0: Right. So let's say, let's call early weaning um, about two months. You know, what would be uh, the advantages, and and why would someone wean at that sixty-day mark as opposed to uh, three to four months?
1: Okay, and so you know, in, in that early early weaning, um, we've got some different programs that 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 might consider that. It, certainly, those accelerated lambing programs, dairy sheep operations, maybe. Uh, any situation where we've got high inputs and, and, and trying to coax more production out of the system. Uh, I mentioned Pipestone and their system up in Minnesota. That's a good example. Got some friends here uh, that are running uh, several hundred ewes in converted turkey barns. I've uh, Got a, uh, an acquaintance that's uh, running ewes in, a, in converted greenhouses. Um, you know, those, those kind of operations are, are going to definitely be looking at early weaning. Uh, maybe operations have parasite issues, maybe limited quality and quantity of pasture, uh, issues with ewe condition, we'll talk probably more about that. Uh, drought, that's another one we'll probably talk more about, but that might, that might also benefit from an early weaning. And so those folks are going to, those proponents of early weaning, are gonna, they're going to talk about and state that economic advantage of feeding the lamb versus the lactating ewe. And certainly that makes some sense to me. And that's why they might, they might uh, suggest that early weaning is, is, is better in their situation. Also gives those ewes um, more time to recover potentially, or, or they need that time to, to recover because they're asking a little more of them. Uh, they might be able to market lands earlier, um, but obviously we've got to consider that increased stress and, and those potential health problems. Um, that's going to, you know, we're going to have to just put some more care and management in, in that to alleviate those, those right. concerns. And
0: so it kind of seems like a, a theme amongst the operations that would consider that early weaning as they maybe are a little more intensive. They have a little more labor available. So on the flip side, if we are thinking about uh, laborers being short at the operation or those places that are just more extensive in their management style, they tend to lean more towards that later weaning strategy. Uh, You know, what are the pros and cons of later weaning? You alluded to it earlier that you like that later weaning. Um, You know, what, what were you getting at when you said that?
1: Yeah. You know um, if if we look at, and I guess uh, even that three to four month weaning Uh, period at least later than than early weaning and then we'll even talk a little bit further about maybe even extending it even further than that. You know we are going to have some time to for those ewes to regain some body weight and condition um, you know that that, that they might have lost while raising those lambs and so we've got some time to to be bred again. Um, You know if you take that ewe gestation of five months and then you add that weaning time to it let's just say four months for example you know, nine months still gives us uh, three months for that year to recover, which, you know, as long as we have um, plenty of forage resources or feed resources, that shouldn't be an issue. And and I realize there's, you know, some parts of the country where, where that might be an issue. So we got a lot of time there. Uh, as we talked about, it's probably a little more natural, a little less stress. Um, the mastitis issue uh, declines significantly because, you know, we've, we've seen that reduction in Uh, in in milk production already. Um, Traditional weaning might, traditional or later type weaning might might allow the producer to take advantage of available forage for their lambs. Um, They also might be able to keep the the ewes and lambs in the same management group longer and that can be a labor-saving thing.
0: Sure. Uh, So you talked earlier too about lactation and how there starts to be a, a gradual decrease as you know, as lactation period extends and the lamb gets older, just in general, I don't think we're necessarily looking for exact days, but just in general, when is that you sort of going to peak lactation production and then gradually diminish from there on?
1: And I guess, uh, you know, certainly depend on on breeds and, and, and selection within those breeds, but, you know, out to a, out to a couple months and right. two to three months and then declining from there is probably what I would say.
0: Okay, yeah. So we often focus on, you know, the lamb and, and reducing stress in the lamb and making sure um, that that individual is healthy, uh, but let's, let's circle back and, and talk more about the ewe, too. How can this stressful event impact her health, and what can we do to reduce that stress on her after the lamb's been separated?
1: Yeah, and you're right. We we really do got to consider the U, and and uh, and and I, and and I'll talk about that, and then I'd like to circle back to even some later weaning or maybe even no weaning situations, and and talk about maybe how that might okay. positively or negatively affect the U. But but you know if if we've got a if we've got a situation where. Um, um, where we've got a, a some overly thin ewes, that that weaning event can give us some time to uh, you know to put them on better pasture or supplement, and so we need to we need to consider that. Um, yeah, if we've got ewes that are that are fat, maybe maybe we can give them a little a little. We got a little time to lose it lose a little more weight until the flushing period and breeding season. And so I think uh, I think monitoring body condition at this point is is a real strong consideration to me that. That's a great, easy tool. It makes sense, uh, and so that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's the one piece is is, is just thinking about that—that that you and her feed requirements and cost and 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 that ability to either preserve you body condition or add body condition uh, to help her uh, breed back. And of course, uh, mastitis is one we've talked about here a little bit. Um, um, not going to be such an issue in those later weaned. Uh, uh, ewes and lambs but but certainly as we as we early wean we've got to consider mastitis and probably pull the the nutrition down on that ewe uh, leading up the weaning and 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 afterwards and, and do a little more monitoring there so
0: yeah and i want to expand on that just a little bit because you know you, you brought up the importance of making sure that that you uh, increases condition wise after the lamb is pulled off but you know, in a short concentrated period, if she's getting too much nutrition and we're at risk for mastitis, um, that can, you know, basically cancel out any benefit. So can you give our listeners any strategies, maybe even just a few days or a few days after weaning to avoid mastitis issues while still making sure that that you gets on a increasing plane of nutrition overall to increase her condition?
1: Right. And so, you know, and there again, the um, going to be more of an issue in those early weaned use. And so, you know, I guess one consideration, um, an obvious one, but one not talked about is we can wean later. That's, that's one 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 way to prevent some mastitis issues. But otherwise, um, you know, I think not not only uh, nutrition and, and, and trying to decrease nutrition a little bit uh, going into going into weaning and and, and, and shortly after uh, but also, um, um, I think we also get some some issues at weaning with just poor environments in general, and, and that adding to adding to the issue with with, uh, with mastitis, and, and uh, so there again, that, that that's really going to be a concern for some of those uh, high input. Uh, high input type, type operations. Not something that I generally deal with very much, but, but I know they're really concerned about it. Absolutely.
0: Okay, I want to switch gears just a little bit here and, and talk about maybe the business side of things. Um, so, we know that producers wear a lot of hats and it takes a lot to make a, a sheep operation run successfully. And, and certainly one aspect of that is managing market conditions uh, 2020 has been as unpredictable as any year. Uh, but do you, you know, how do you consider market conditions and and watching the market and watching prices and how does that incorporate with weaning and when to wean?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think, I think that's a very strong consideration and, and, uh, uh, weaning time should not be an impulse, but rather something that we plan. And, and, and certainly consideration to the market should be part of that. Um, you know, sometimes we're playing a weaning event to take advantage of a high holiday price, right, right before Easter. And that, that, that yeah. makes sense. That's kind of a short term um, thing that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, really see this in these non-traditional hair lambs, like, like we have a lot of here in Missouri, uh, that are being sold and/or slaughtered at light weights, and and some opportunity to 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 wean and maybe even move our weaning time to hit to hit those markets and, and really pull those lambs right off the u and, and, and are going to go to a, to a terminal market. Um, another thing to consider is we do know weaning is going to cause some setbacks. So if we're marketing lambs near weaning or or kind of targeting a time frame maybe we want to wean them maybe sometimes it's earlier so we can get those gains back before we sell them or maybe sometimes it's weaning them later and and up to that event where we're trying to mark them and there again that this is really pertains to some of the the non-traditional markets um for us um sometimes in our operation we can wean a little later to kind of drag those lambs a little closer to a better market if you will so Instead of weaning them early and sticking some costly feed in them and actually getting them ready for market too soon, sometimes we can just stretch it out on a on a lower cost res, uh, forage resource. And so, I, I think we got to think about think about markets um, uh, with our weaning strategies
0: sure and this is this is something that I just thought of and, and you knew you and I didn't discuss ahead of time when we were planning this this podcast but you know out west and traditionally with our, our large range flocks those lambs are all going to get weaned at the same time but particularly in your case you know you've got hair sheep there uh, do you ever wean lambs incrementally you know take off some of the larger ones and leave the smaller ones uh, and does the market? maybe play into that at all too or or i'd like to hear your perspective on that well
1: we kind of do that i'll tell you what we do uh at at four months of age we wean all the ram lambs okay Uh and so we're we're really doing that to control breeding at that point and and, uh and so we're going to wean wean those ram lambs get get them out of there and uh uh, they're getting about four months of age and so uh but the ewe lambs that were, at least the ewe lambs we're going to retain, we'll just leave those with their mother. And so, so um, we're really basically weaning half, half the lambs or, or some ewe lambs we're going to sell, we would pull off at that time too. But, but those ewe lambs are actually just going to stay, stay out there and we're going to, we're going to manage them with their mothers um, and, and essentially let the ewe uh, wean those, wean those ewe lambs. That, that works real good for our operation. Um, I don't have to have, it reduces the labor as we've talked about. I don't have to, one thing I love is I don't have to have that extra group of ewe lambs uh, that I'm managing on the side. They're just out there uh, being with mom and, and, and acting like the ewe that they are going to become. And and so we put a little extra pressure on them, uh, make sure they're going to stand up in our, our management system. And, and, and we treat them like, like ewes, like I said, and uh, um, that, 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 really, that really works nice for us. So it, that, that's a, uh, sort of an incremental weaning, if you will. We kind of do it rams and then let the ewe deal with the u lambs. So. Sure.
0: And when you're sort of watching those ewe's and ewe lambs, are there some behavioral changes or, or is there anything that you really notice out there in the pasture when you say, yeah you know, it looks like those ewe lambs are, are pretty much completely weaned from their mothers, or do you still see, uh, you know, maybe some companionship between you, you and lamb, even they, several months? Yeah, ago?
1: you know, I, yeah, I think so. I think that, I, I, I don't always see this, but but I, I think there'll be times when, when there's going to be family groups laying together, and, and if you really start studying things and have your records, you, you'd see that, you know, there's probably mom and a couple of years worth of daughters laid out there. So I think that bond does stay. Obviously, you know, it's going to diminish over time. And there again, right. as lactation uh, slows down, um, the u's going to become increasingly aggravated with with the nursing event. But but I, I still think there's some things that the u lambs are learning for mom. And and uh, you know, it's 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 a real easy transition for the u lamb. I promise they they've got it they've got it easy that way. Um, but yet we don't, we don't put the extra uh, nutrition in them by managing them in a separate group. So it, it works real good for our operation. you got to have pretty easy keep and use uh, to
0: make that work as well, though. Sure, absolutely. Okay, so, you know, market's obviously tough to predict. Another thing that really impacts the sheep operation um, that's also hard to predict is, is weather and rainfall specifically. Uh, you talked about it just a, briefly earlier but how would you as a producer adjust your weaning practices based on pasture conditions and, and maybe as a reflection of, of rain that you've received?
1: Right, so we're kind of spoiled here in Missouri. Uh, we got two inches yesterday. We get 40 yeah. or 50 inches uh, normally in a year, but, but, uh, but you know, it, it's all about relative rainfall, and so, you know, we don't always get it at the right times and certainly I can appreciate you know where you're at and out west where where rainfall might might be limited so we all we all deal with drought although it's, it's sort of relative to your area and, Absolutely. and I, I think certainly when when feed supplies are reduced uh, such as a drought situation you know it can be really uh, economically advantageous to wean earlier than normal and and, and whatever normal m- might be for for your operation well we're going to just hammer those you feed requirements and cost and and and, and maybe preserve you body condition if that that's something we need to do give us more time to increase body condition if we've if we've you know beat on those use a little too hard uh really really provide some flexibility in the you side for one thing i can get her sold if that was my goal a little earlier right and and uh or put it on lower quality feed or 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 grazing areas that are not so good. Um, on the lamb side, certainly, uh, we touched on this a little earlier, much much cheaper to feed a lamb where we're getting paid for that gain, uh, than run that same feed through a ewe and, and have her nurse a lamb. So it can really take some pressure off of, off of our, uh, forage resource. Um, the other thing, uh, we might be able to potentially reduce parasite pressure if we've got young lambs grazing close to the ground oh, yeah. uh, or closer to the ground because of that drought situation. So, you know, I I really think we shouldn't get entrenched in a certain weaning uh, weaning time, uh, but maybe be willing to shorten that if we run into a, a drought situation. Sure. Uh, I think and, that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: in, in a drought situation specifically do you think that there is a place even a, in a larger commercial operations obviously for our smaller farm flocks this probably is a practice that they regularly employ but you know in a larger commercial operation do you see creep feeding as being an option that can maybe help those lambs still continue to grow and, and receive the nutrition that they need without you know just basically making sure Having the ewe eat everything supplemental wise, and then the lamb just benefiting from extra lactation, is is creep feeding an option that can work?
1: Yeah, certainly, and and you're right on on farm flocks or or dry lot situations that that that's going to be a more of a norm. But but even in a grazing situation, um, it would certainly allow us to spare some forage and and set us up to take advantage of some earlier weaning. You know, if we don't have those lambs. Um, on some kind of feed, I mean it you know it's we, we can't we might not be able to wean quite as early and of course, there again it's going to be relative early might be three to four months for some operations and and it might be earlier than that for others obviously that's going to be relative to 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 the situation but uh, but yeah, we're gonna to have to make some adjustments that way I, th- I think you're right and 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 consider that at least have it in our our mind where, where we might be able to get something like that started um, sure. And, and, and like you said, to start this thing, got, got to keep cost in mind and, and, and let, let profitability drive our decisions that way, too.
0: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So also earlier, you mentioned some research that you've done into weaning practices. I, I'd love to hear some more about that, if you could expand on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, here a few years ago, uh, I, was, I was weaning some calves and I, I barely, I just got them weaned right at dark. And I had a, a colleague of mine was actually here deer hunting. It was it was kind of this time of year, a little later. And he he come back and we were sitting on the porch and having a beer or something. And he said, "Hey, I thought you weaned some calves." And I said, "Yeah, I did." And he said, "Well, I can't hear any bawling." And I said, "Hey, you're right." And so we kind of walked down there. I had fence line weaned these calves, and man, they were it was dark, pitch black, and they were everybody was just laying there, no no sound. And so we we've always kind of tried to base our research on you know, on things that, that, that matter to producers and, and, and have direct impacts, and so we, we designed some studies where we were doing some fence line weaning of calves, and, and weaning them in the morning versus the evening, and, and, uh, wow, it was, it was amazing. Uh, we found some pretty, pretty neat things. Those, those late, or those night p.m. weaned calves, if you will, uh, especially when they're fence line weaned as well, they, they perform better, and, and, and behaviorally, they were less stressed so we thought uh we we're both sheep guys too so we thought well we'll just apply that same research model to to sheep and so um uh, we tried the same thing wean them in the morning wean them at night traditionally wean them or fence line wean them and and uh we found the exact opposite <laughs> yeah. we, we, we found that that it was better to get those ewes completely away from the lambs out of sight out of vocal out of vocal uh, reach and and uh, so fence line weaning didn't, didn't really work in our studies, and, and neither did the night versus uh, morning time weaning, and so, and I think there's some others uh, that have done similar research, at least with the uh, fence line weaning, and it doesn't look like there's too many studies that, uh, that suggest that's, that's always going to be a positive. I think it just, for us, we just, it, it, it further strengthened that idea that, boy, that, that social gregarious nature of sheep is a pretty pretty powerful thing and and uh, anyway that, yeah. that, that was a lot of fun and we, we learned a lot from that and, and learned some things we we shouldn't do too so <laughs> yeah,
0: that's really interesting because for a lot of cattle producers fence line weaning is a is a topic that they're very well aware of and uh sure. sheep producers it's just not as as common and so that, i think drawing those parallels between the species is is great do you think yeah I, uh, go ahead go, oh, ahead go ahead well i and i see some
1: some anecdotal evidence, you know, on some forums and so, so forth really advocating it. And, and, but I, I, I'm not sure that they've backed that up with, with, with some, you know, with a, with a really strong comparison because it, it was fairly dramatic. It just didn't, just didn't work as well. So.
0: Sure. I'm going to ask you to speculate here. Do you think that that has anything to do with the fact that, you know, cattle and, and calves are, are weaned, um, you know, six, seven, eight months, uh, af- as opposed to two months or two or three months for, for lambs. Do you think that that is because that bond between cow and calf is, is fostered longer, or you know, what you know, where do you think that comes into play? And like I said, yeah. I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer
1: here. Yeah, I, I suspect, you know, I do. I suspect that that that's got something to do with it, and and uh, um, and just you know, there again, that 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 social nature of sheep. You know, you know this, you get one separated, and even if it isn't its mother, it wants to be by it and where cattle, at least to to a larger degree, are more independent and scatter out. I, I think that drives it, and like you said, that, you know, that longer, that longer weaning, weaning time, typically, anyway, so. Sure, but, uh
0: now, do you also, you know, you've spent time in, in Montana, South Dakota, presumably with with uh, fine wool sheep. Uh, you've got hair sheep at home and you have also have goats. How about between, you know, the breed differences in sheep and then also between sheep and goats? Do you see a, a difference in the way that either doe and kid or you and lamb handle that uh, that weaning time point? Is, is there any is Is the difference as drastic maybe as from cattle to sheep? Um,
1: I don't know I, I I think uh certainly hare sheep, as an example are a different beast than than fine wool sheep and you're right I spent some time around them. My son raised some club lambs for a while too, so we can we can throw those into the mix as well and and uh you know I guess the systems were so different that I've been involved in that it's hard to say how much of it was the system versus how much of it was a breed. I'm sure there, you know, there would be some, some major differences. These Katahdins are, are definitely a little different. Uh, Some would argue they're more like a goat (laughs) than a sheep anyway. And, and although they're very social and, and have some, you know, some flocking instinct, it's not nearly as strong as most of our fine wolves in my opinion. And so, you know, I do think that that's probably, Uh, playing a little bit of a part in that I uh, I didn't really answer your question too much but and then oh and then you asked about the goats a little bit and yeah and uh, I don't know we run our goats right with our sheep and so we tend to group them in our minds anyway sort of together although the you know realistically that's not not the case but but we we tend to manage them the same and so my lines have become a little blurred there (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely
0: all right, so we've covered a lot uh, about weaning. Is there is there any other uh, from a management perspective? Are there any other practices that you think um, are maybe important to uh, to make sure that you employ during weaning time or anything that we've left out? I guess I should say.
1: Yeah, um, you know, one thing, two things, but but one is is maybe one that's pretty obvious, and boy, that clean sanitary environment. Well, that's important at yeah. any stage of development, but it's really critical during weaning, and it, and I've seen it, and we probably all have, and maybe we've all done it even to a degree. But if we're weaning in an old muddy lot, or or a barn where the last round of sick animals were kept, you know, we're just setting ourselves up for some problems. And and I can't stress enough. Uh, I, I know it, I know it's common sense, maybe, but but how important this is in regards to weaning. Uh, uh, just just having a nice clean environment can really set things up. So I do want to I do want to mention that another one, and this this one's getting out in the weeds a little bit and pretty anecdotal, but one thing we've started doing through the years that works pretty good for weaning, and, and maybe some of the listeners have done this as well. But we like to take an old grandma ewe, as we call her, um, and stick her in with the lambs at weaning. Uh, that that really works well. We, we market a lot of ewe lambs. Um, uh, that'll and and sometimes those ewe lambs are going to folks that that haven't been in the sheep business these are traditional cattle producers Mm -hmm. that are looking to add some hair sheep or something but anyway we really like to send an old grandma ewe uh with 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 those uh with those situations and she can show them the ropes find the water find the feed a little faster keep them calm and uh we've really found that, that 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 works really well uh uh not to not to uh make a long story here but but i i sell a lot of ram lambs to a a a guy in kentucky and he he feeds those lambs um i'm gonna wean them there again in about four months here and and he's gonna finish them out and he keeps an old he calls her his um uh his his trainer you uh he keeps an old trainer you he calls jeffro around and (laughs) jeffro breaks all the lambs in and, and he said she is absolutely uh irreplaceable uh she she knows right where the feeder's at and he'll even he'll even like day graze them out but they they come back into a lot and she 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 breaks them to to, to come right back in the lot and, and and which is where their feed is at and so then they become accustomed to it but anyway you know i really think i really think uh some of these you know maybe non-traditional ideas uh like like an old grandma year or trainer year or whatever you want to call her that 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 can work really well at weeding too so i, I don't have a I don't have a lot of uh, research backing that, but, but anecdotally, it seems
0: to work well for us. No. And I, you know what, I think that's a really good point to bring up just from to keep those lambs calm and and show them where to go and and what to do. Um, I mean, they're still very, very young mentally. And so I think that's a, that's a really great point that you brought up there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I try to ask this every time uh, when we record these podcasts, but we've talked a lot a lot of things um, from a lot of different perspectives and uh, for our listeners it's a lot to digest but if they were just going to take away one thing from what we've talked about today what would you like to leave them with or what's the main point that you would really like to drive home from our discussion
1: uh maybe a little hard for me to boil it down to one but but i'll try here you know i think you started out and talked about profitability and certainly whatever we're talking about, including weaning, understand cost production and make decisions that improve profit. And so, you know, I think that means finding a simple weaning recipe that works for you and your operation. And and I don't think we need to be afraid to break tradition when that makes sense and question those long time practices. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't know that we need to get caught up in, in, in some latest and greatest idea and abandon something that's solid and working and making you money. And so, you know, I'm not always big on doing things always by the book. I think, uh, um, you know, you go around and you'll find one practice that works great for one producer. It's an utter failure for another. And so, you know, don't be afraid to change. I'll leave you this. Don't be afraid to change if it's not working uh,
0: uh, in, in your operation. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I think excellent advice all the way around, Dr. Shanks. Uh, we're about out of time, but, but thank you very much for, for taking time out of your busy morning. To,
1: you to bet. Thanks thanks, uh, thanks for having me, Jake. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Folks, that about does it for this edition of the ASI Research Update. Uh, as always, we really, really appreciate you listening in each month. Uh, keep an eye out on uh, whichever platform that you're listening from in a few weeks, because uh, we'll be back in November. Until then, eat lamb, wear wool, and have a great day.